Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. It's great to have this opportunity of uh, sharing with you this morning. And uh, I'm, I'm going to speak on the gospel results in action. Uh, and that's from the book of Titus. I'm going to read a little bit later from, the, from Paul's letter to Titus and chapter three. But, uh, for, first, but firstly, some background. What was the story of Paul's letter to Titus? I always like to set, start with telling a story of something. And Titus was a key member of Paul's apostolic team. He often undertook important tasks for Paul and was entrusted with situations that were very difficult. If there was somebody needs to be sent somewhere to do a tough job, like uh, collecting the offering money from Corinth or sorting out problems, Paul often sent Titus. Okay, now the book of Acts, uh, the story of the early church, ends with Paul under house arrest in Rome. However, after that, he was released and he traveled around again and went to Crete, where the gospel had not been preached before. And there were converts, new converts, in several of the towns there. But Paul had to leave. And so he left Titus behind to form these new believers into good local churches. And then Paul wrote Titus a letter, confirming his instructions to him that he'd given when he left. Rather like we do today. Uh, when we confirm a conversation with an email. We might say, yeah, we've had a good chat. I'll just confirm this with an email. Well, Paul did the same, except not an email. He wrote a letter to uh, confirm what he'd said to Titus when he left. Now, Cretans had a bad reputation in the Roman Empire, which meant that Crete was quite a difficult place to be a, a believer quite apart from the possibilities of persecution, which happened anywhere where they were in the Roman Empire. But Cretans had a bad reputation. Firstly, because they were famous for lying. That was considered by them to be a great virtue. Someone who was doing really well in Crete would be a great person at lying. In fact, the chief Greek god, called Zeus, was believed by Cretans to be a particular Cretan king who was so famous for his lying that he got exalted to heaven and became a god. Indeed, one of the Greek words for to lie was kretidze, or act like a Cretan. And Paul himself refers to this. In the first chapter of this letter, he quoted a Cretan prophet um, for many years before who said, all Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. Paul then adds, this is true. 
And so Paul's letter was to help Christians transformed by the good news about Jesus to live a life in Crete where they commended the Christian faith to unbelievers, not particularly by what they said, but how they lived. That was particularly the burden of Paul's letter to Titus. Let the Cretans demonstrate their change of life by how they live, that the gospel has changed them rather than just being able to preach it. And so I'm going to read the scripture which we're going to study today. Okay, so this is Titus chapter 3. Remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Once we too were foolish and disobedient, we were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth, a new life through the Holy Spirit. This is a he generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. And I want you to insist on these teachings so that all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. Okay, so what is Paul? teaching here. Paul gives a brilliant summary of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, surrounded before and afterwards by practical commands which demonstrate lives changed by the gospel. In our day, particularly now actually, but um, in today's culture, but also in today's difficult circumstances, our practical lives are to demonstrate that we have changed. The Bible always presents theology not as an academic study, but as the incentive and the power for action. What we believe changes how we behave. And so there's a summary of the gospel here. In Paul's letters to Timothy and Titus, he repeats one phrase several times, and it's translated in different way, but one common way of translating it is trustworthy the saying, or the saying is trustworthy. These were proverbs, and in one case, an early hymn, which all believers of that time would memorize. They're easy to remember statements, and we need those to help our faith. Remember, in those days, most people wouldn't have owned a Bible. In any case, the Bible they had was the Old Testament, plus some letters that have been sent around the churches, and they were all housed on scrolls, and so there wouldn't be lots of copies in everybody's home uh, like we have today. And so they would remember, it was 
primarily an oral culture, so they would remember sayings and proverbs which helped them in their Christian faith. And in the Paul's letters to Timothy and Titus, he uses several of these trustworthy sayings. The first one, again, and, and I'm bringing these to you because I want you to have easy things that you can remember to, that summarize the gospel. The first one is this. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Very easy to remember. And that's one of the trustworthy sayings. The second one is rather different and rather surprising, really. It says this. This is, in, this is a trustworthy saying, the same word, pistosologos in Greek. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should... And, and if, if someone aspires to be an overseer or elder, he desires an honourable position. Well, that's a bit of an extra... Well, why do they have to remember that? Well, actually, to become an, an, a, a leader in the church in those days was not necessarily a popular calling. You, you were the ones that would face persecution first, as is the case in many parts of the world today. For some of the parts of the world I'm, I'm working, the people that get arrested are often the leaders of the churches. And so Paul, uh, Paul says, remember this saying, he desires an honorable position. Then another one that he uses, uh, he says this, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. That's another trustworthy saying. So what's that mean? Well, physical training is good. So keep fit during the lockdown. The word Paul uses here is gymnasia, which obviously where we get our English word from. But training godliness even more okay keep fit do your long walks not too long but also train in godliness use this time as a time for that and then the next one is this this is a hymn an ancient hymn this is a trustworthy saying um i think there's that's not the one on the screen this should be another one this is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we're unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. I'm sorry, that didn't seem to appear. Don't worry. So, but when we come to Titus, the trustworthy saying in Titus is a summary of the gospel but it's longer, so a bit hard to remember. But it's up on your screen to help you. And this, a fantastic summary of the gospel, which, was, which Paul describes as a faithful saying or a trustworthy saying, and he says to us, memorize this one. Now, what I'd like you to do, you're listening at home, but after three, when I say it, and I'll do this if I was doing it and we were all together, why don't you also say along with me these words, which are the summary of the gospel, which we can, and you can commit it to memory later if you like. But this is an amazing summary. So 
uh, uh, after three, why don't you say this at home as well? One, two, three. When God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior, because of his grace. He made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Amazing words. As I say, the whole gospel is there. Firstly, it says God revealed his kindness and love in sending Jesus into this world to live, to die, to rise again. He demonstrated how loving our Father is. In fact, Jesus could say, he who has seen me has seen the Father. When Jesus showed compassion to people, that's as he did frequently, that was the heart of God being revealed. God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love. And he saved us, not because of the righteous things we've done. No, God showed mercy. Mercy is love to people who can't do anything to help themselves. And then he gives us new life through washing away our sins, causing us to be born again of his Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit that he's given to us, he generously pours out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. In other words, just as he has abundant kindness and love, abundant mercy, abundant grace, he has abundance of power to live as the Holy Spirit is poured out into our lives. And because of his grace, by his grace, we are counted as righteous by God, confident that death is not the end, but we will be transformed in eternal life with Christ forever. What an amazing summary of the gospel. But actually, this summary is surrounded by very practical teachings. Remember, that was the summary that if people ask the faith folk in Crete, what is it that you believe? What's changed your life? They could give this summary. But also, they would demonstrate it in their actions. This life-changing message, when received by us, changes our behavior. And so it's surrounded by practical instruction. So we'll come on to practical application now. And these are just thrown out by Paul to Titus. Come on, teach these people. This is what the gospel does. Firstly, obey the government. This is important always, particularly today. We should respect and stay at home except for the particular activities that we're allowed to do or if we're key workers and so on. By the way, this was written before persecution had become general in the Roman Empire because of the command that there was later to worship Caesar as a god. When that happened, Christians needed to disobey that particular instruction, but obey other things. That's more covered in the book of Revelation, whereas uh, at this point, that was 
generally, the government was not doing that. And, but there are times when we have to disobey. There are times we have to fight for justice, which leads us on to the next one, next practical things. Be ready to do good works for everybody. Okay, practically. The gospel changes us. We do good to everybody we come in contact with. If people come in contact with a gospel changed person, they feel good because they do good. So let's serve our city and serve our nation. Then, next one. Don't spray fake news about anyone. They must not slander. Don't say things that are untrue about people. You say, this is very, very practical. Yeah, it's what the gospel does in our lives. Then, don't quarrel, but bring peace. Don't quarrel. Society, up until the time of the current pandemic, in our, in our culture and across the world, has become much more tribal, attacking one another verbally. On social media, using it to attack people. We're different. We're transformed by the gospel. We don't quarrel. We bring peace into every circumstance that we can. And then he says, always demonstrate a humble attitude to everybody. That's good, isn't it? We may be frustrated, because life often is. But don't let that govern our behaviour. I know I have to watch this myself. Yeah? You get frustrated because you can't get things done. You can't get people to answer you. But always demonstrate a humble attitude to everyone, not just those within the church. And then he says, if you trust in God, devote yourself to doing good. Devote is a very, very strong word. In the original Greek, in the it's used in the book of Acts where it says they devoted themselves. They committed themselves to the apostles' teaching, to breaking of bread, prayer, and so on, and to fellowship. But here, devote yourself to doing good wherever you go. So let's live transformed lives because of what we believe. God bless you.